Hi everyone, this is Nature Tripping. I'm Cathy. And I'm Jo. Welcome to our podcast. It's about going outside to experience the wildlife that's all around us. We're going to be chatting about where we are and what's happening. But sometimes we'll just leave the microphones recording so we can spend some time just listening. Hello everybody. Because of the coronavirus lockdown... We aren't exactly going out and about exploring. So the podcast we're doing today is really based around the garden, the park, the areas very close to where we live. And if, in fact, we're sitting in the kitchen recording today. And the idea is that people can still get out to the garden or the park or the local vicinity at the moment. And what's going on at the moment, because it's spring, mm. is there's loads of birdsong. So it is actually the perfect time of year to stand still and listen to the birds. Isn't yeah, it? and um, we've been trying to learn bird song, ongoing efforts. And what we thought we'd do is make a little podcast where we try and explain how you might recognise some of the birds that are singing at the moment from their song rather than seeing them. So listening to birdsong is a really great way of finding new ways of identifying birds. Yeah, because let's face it, you can be walking down the road or through the park or out in the garden or wherever and there'll be lots of birdsong going on but you won't necessarily be able Mm. to see any of those birds. I mean, at the moment, there aren't any leaves on the trees up north yet uh, and it's still quite hard to see the birds often. But when the leaves appear... It's even harder. It's yeah. So you've um, got all this bird song going on, but what is it that you're listening to? And that's what we're going to try and delve into today. Birds birds are making a lot of sound, making a lot of noise for all sorts of reasons, but the primary thing that birds are doing is communicating and socialising with each other. So lots of what you can hear is actually bird calls. There might be alarm calls, um, just generally chatting with each other. But song is actually all about... Mm, Sex. <laughs> Sex and territory, breeding. This is my plot, here I am, come and get me. That kind of thing. Yeah, or this is my plot, keep away. So it's basically the male birds that are singing um, this time of year. So they're proclaiming their territories or trying to attract mates. We're going to look at some of the songs rather than the calls, which might be just very short little noises. So we're going to just really focus on song and focus on three really common species. I thought we'd look at the robin and the wren and the chaffinch. And they're all singing quite a lot at the moment, so you've got a good chance of hearing them, I suppose, Mm. if you live somewhere where there's a few bushes or trees. Mm. What has your um, journey been so far in trying to learn birdsong? Because for me, it's taken a long time to try and get my head around what I'm listening to. Mm. Um, Well, 
Once I started doing bird surveys for the British Trust for Ornithology, I quickly realised that in order to be competent, you've got to be able to identify birds with song as well as by looking at them. And Because you can't always see yeah, the bird. Especially if you're in a woodland area. I started in 1 January and built it up species by species. So robins are singing in January, then wrens and darnocks and other species start singing so gradually adding to the species um and but what i found is each autumn and winter it, it, it your memory of it declines so i have to kind of revise every spring start again learning bird song again every spring to to yeah remind myself of all of all the different species and songs it's a constant effort but um, the really important thing for me was learning the common species and getting really, really familiar, spending lots of time listening to the, the common species. And then as soon as you're out, when you're out and about, if you hear something unusual, you recognise quickly that it's not, you know, one, one of the common ones like Robin Wren. And then you can focus in on trying to work out what it is. OK, so sort of a process of elimination. I guess whilst we're sitting here talking about it, and listening to recordings really if people want to have a go themselves they have to get out there don't they definitely and just sit down somewhere and see what you can hear but um hopefully this podcast might help get you started yeah but i think as well as helping you make sense of what's going on in your garden or park or wherever i think it's um a really good way of feeling a bit more closely involved with the birds. I mean, you can, you know, once you're tuned into listening to the robin that lives near you, then, you know, you've got more of an intense experience of understanding what your robin's up to, picking out which territories there are, thinking about where they might be nesting, just feeling more connected to things. The wildlife out there, no. the other creatures uh, can become your friends. And it's nice to know more about your friends. It's nice to know what they sound like, um, as well as what they look like. And what they're up to. Yeah. So, I mean, for example, we're not going to cover it in this podcast, but in our little garden, we've got two or three dunnocks. I was thinking about the dunnocks as well. And they've, they've, they have some very, they're like little brown sparrows. They're called, he- also called hedge sparrows. What I saw the other day was two dunnocks on the ground. Um, one of them was flapping its wings furiously at the other one. And then one of them lifted its back end up and the other one pecked its bottom. And I thought, what on earth is going on there? Is that a fight? Is it having a go at it? But then I read in a book that there is a thing where a male dunnock will peck a female dunnock's bottom to try and get it to eject the sperm of another male dunnock. <laughs> Can you believe it? <laughs> so, yeah, the, the lives of these little creatures are quite can be quite intriguing and fun mm. to learn about. And I guess birdsong is part of the mix, isn't mm. it?
Okay, so we're going to start with the robin, which is the second most common bird in the country, in the UK, and really widespread. Um, so they, they sing through the winter, but their song sort of changes in early spring. I think they they tend to stop singing in the summer but resume again in September but um so not exactly all year round but and they also sing at night time so if you're out at night and you hear a bird singing that's usually a robin could it not be a blackbird that they sing at dusk and dawn yeah but actually in the middle of the night it can be a robin okay so in the background at the moment there's a recording playing there's a robin in there um, what will we say about the features of the robin if you're trying to learn what how, how to recognize the song of a robin where do you start I think the main thing with the robin song is it's kind of overall feel the sound is wistful melancholic quite tuneful and there's um, kind of segments of a few seconds then it pauses then it'll sing again yeah. but there isn't any there's this overall feel but there isn't much repetition between no. the different segments so every segment's a little different from the one before but together they all give this feeling of I think I mean wistfulness I can't think of a romantic better word sometimes when you listen to them in the winter they sound quite sad but they definitely brighten up and the tune the melody is much more cheerful in the um, in the spring yeah so let's just listen to some Robin now we won't speak over the top um, we just listened to a recording of a robin. See if you can pick up those things that we've talked about. Tuneful, quite melodic, but and quite complicated. I think it's um, hard to imitate or repeat. High pitch, low pitch, it's quite a big range.
Sometimes it's quite squiggly. Sometimes there's a long kind of note that falls off. Other times it's quite scratchy. Here's another recording of a different robin. They look so jackdaws. They're jackdaws in the background. And there's a wood pigeon, isn't there? sense that the robin's staying in one place. It, it was in one place, singing phrases or bursts of song, but um, it seemed to gradually build up and then gradually tail off and then pause and then the next phrase. Yeah, it's lots of little different phrases. It's making me feel quite peaceful just listening to Yeah. It. Now that you've got the robin in your head. Next up is the wren. So the wren is one of the smallest birds but it's actually the most common bird in the UK. And it might be small but it's really noisy. So yeah and as well as being common in terms of numbers there are 11 million breeding pairs in the country. I mean also it's really widespread. I mean you can find wrens absolutely everywhere um, in every habitat including, you know, uplands, city parks, coastal habitats everywhere in the country. So you, if you're listening to birdsong, you're virtually bound to be listening to wrens. Do they sing all year round? No, they just get going in the spring. Okay. Yeah. Um. And um, what they, tend to, they tend to be uh, quite low down, so not high up in trees, but more likely to be in the bushes or the undergrowth. They're called Latin, troglodyte, troglodyte, which means cave dweller. So they live in little dark crevices, cave-like places. That's where the, they nest. In the yeah. undergrowth, yeah. Um, in the shrubs. They do come up a bit and sit on a branch or something to sing. 
my experience in the last couple of weeks is that there are loads of wrens out there singing their heads off. But how do you recognise one? <laughs> Here's a wren. So it's really loud, quite bright. Piercing. Yeah, bright. Quite high pitch. It's a real burst of song, isn't it? And it's much more forceful yeah. than the robin. Kind of more of a fanfare. A burst. <laughs> An outburst of song. Yeah. And the other um, thing that characterises it is trills. Yeah, so that's what I found really crucial in understanding whether I'm listening to a wren or not is hearing that trill. Mm. So that's a very, very rapid burst of notes within a phrase. Mm. Almost all of the phrases will have a small trilly section in them. So yeah, classically the trill is what distinguishes the wren sound, but it's fair to say we've had a fair bit of discussion about what is a trill and when we're hearing a trill. We've we've both we found we were both hearing different things. And what we realized is that there are actually two trills. There's a slightly slower run of trills, run of notes, and a really really fast a high speed run of notes. A quite a fast trill. Yeah. And For me, the fast trill is the one I can lock into. Yeah. And it's when I hear that that I think, oh, I'm listening to a wren. Yeah. Let's hear the whole piece of wren song then. Okay, let's just listen to the slower trill. It's really quick, isn't it? Maybe we could listen to it again. And then the next bit is the really high-speed trill. I'm going to stick in another piece of song with the high-speed trill in it, yes. just so we can really get it in our heads. Sometimes they sing without a trill, but yeah, I mean, 
Sometimes it's more of a fragmentary the bit, whole, bit of song. The whole problem with learning birdsong is each little individual is slightly different from the next individual. I mean, what we're focusing on today are generalisations between the two species rather than yeah, and a comprehensive guide to birdsong in its entirety. <laughs> the most distinctive things about yeah. the song of that species yeah. that will help you try and differentiate it from other species. <laughs> um, the other thing with wrens is there's usually more than one. I mean, I was doing surveys in woods earlier in February and every time I stopped to sit down and listen in the woods, there was a wren singing. There was usually a second wren some distance away and sometimes three or four. So singing in sequence or... Um, one would give a burst of song, then another would respond with a burst of song. So you, you quite often get multiple wrens. Overlapping wrens. They can overlap, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got a little bit of a recording here where we think there's more than one wren singing. So let's just listen to that. And listening for trills as well. Okay, so there were at least two. Yeah. Continuous wren noise, really. And then before we finish on the wren, uh, now what we thought we'd do is play the robin again so you can remind yourself of what the robin sounds like. So this is good revision. But also in this recording, a wren comes in I think probably behind the robin somewhere, a wren comes in. And you'll hear me um, whilst I was out recording saying, oh, there's a wren. <laughs> so I, I make it clear when the wren appears. But it's quite good to hear both of them together. Exactly. And they, and they overlap. And you can understand the difference between the two songs when you hear them together.
showing our rain. Both Robin and the Wren were singing at the same time sometimes then, weren't they? But also, I think I heard, well, there was definitely a chiff-chaff early on in the recording. It's going chiff-chaff, chiff-chaff. And then possibly a chaffinch as well in the background. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to do the chaffinch next. Um, the chiff-chaff, do you want to say something quickly about the chiff-chaff? It's a migrant appeared in the last couple of weeks no okay well, we're not going to say anything about the chiff chaff we're moving swiftly on to the chaffinch That's really typical, it's um, a loud burst of song, usually ending with a flourish, sort of lasts about three seconds, and it's much more of a regular, memorable pattern. And it's quite rhythmic, I think it's quite rhythmic in quality. So chaffinches are also really common and widespread in the UK. There's about five million breeding pairs, and they've been doing really well until recently, but since 2006, numbers have been going down due to a disease. But you're still likely to be hearing them in the gardens right now. So they start singing in, 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 in the year, they start singing later than the other two species we've been listening to, maybe in March. And as you can probably hear, it's quite a different song. And I was thinking about the three birds hmm. and how you might um, compare and contrast their songs. And one of the um, key criteria that I came up with was variability. And like the robin song is really variable. Every little segment that it sings is slightly different from the last one. And there's a whole range of sounds within mm. those segments from scratchiness to wistfulness to long notes to short notes, high notes, low notes. Yeah. So I'd say that's a really variable song. The wren, um, yeah, every little segment is different, but there's a pattern you know, you've always got mainly always got the mm, trill in the there. characteristic trill. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's less variable than the mm. robin. And then the chaffinch, I think, is the least variable. Um, 
it's got one phrase, which isn't always the same every time it sings it, but it it's a phrase that isn't very variable. I'd say it's more or less repeated. Yeah. With very little variation between repetitions. Yeah. And each bird has got its own phrase. Um, but they all sound pretty similar, don't they? And what one thing that I noticed that... So we'll listen to another chaffinch now. This chaffinch doesn't end its phrase all the time. So... Or oh, that one, the phrase went up at the end. Again, it goes up. And then it's not, that one's got no final flourish. Kind of incomplete. Maybe it's just, maybe it's a first year adult male learning. Maybe. Yeah, it's learnt the first half of the song, but it hasn't got around to the second. The next recording of the Chaffinch has got quite a lot of other birds as well, including a wren. But it, it's helpful to try and pick out the Chaffinch from amongst the others. Okay, next we've got a comparison of the robin and the chaffinch. And um, this robin, is, is, this is a very recent recording because the robin is really quite bright, almost brash. You wouldn't say it was melancholic at all. But anyway, the robin's in the foreground and the chaffinch is in the background. And um, hopefully you can tell the two apart. And apologies for the wind. It was quite a windy day, so you will hear some wind on the recording. Are you in the middle of some woods? A little clearing in yeah. some woods, yeah.
think were there some tits in there, there as well. There were some tits. Maybe there were two chaffinches. Um, yeah, so that's got quite complex already, mm. hasn't it? Mm. You're sometimes lucky enough to hear the bird in isolation and be able to see it and confirm your understanding. <laughs> but often you'll just get a right cacophony of different birds at once and then the skill is trying to pick them out from each mm. other. But I think the, it's a it's a it's definitely repays spending some time listening and getting used to the species the familiar species one by one you just have to practice listening yeah. and eventually your muscle memory in your brain <laughs> works i hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh, our introduction to the songs of the robin wren and the chaffinch and tune in for our next episode coming up in hopefully a couple of weeks. As the spring advances, different species are beginning to sing more prominently. Um, so um, what we're able to make a podcast about will sort of depend on which birds are singing in our area right now. Bye. Bye.